Hey, this is Pastor Nate Cook, and you're listening to Pontificating Pastors, a podcast where we lock two pastors in a room and just let them talk about anything and everything. My friend Michael Pig is a church planner in San Marcos, Texas, and I'm a traditional church pastor here in Midwest City, Oklahoma. Today on the podcast, Michael and I get a little carried away laughing about the largest issue facing our society, whether or not we should wear a mask. No, really, we don't get too political, but we're just calling this one the one about wearing masks. So we hope you'll sit back and relax and enjoy this episode of Pontificating Pastors. Hey, Michael, how's it going this week? It's going pretty well, Nate. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It seems like it's been a little bit for us since we've actually talked together. So I'm glad to hear from you today. Yeah, it's good to hear your voice. I uh, I don't know if we got busy or if uh, maybe... I think we did. Maybe COVID. <laughs> yeah. It's so hard to tell if I'm busy or not anymore with COVID. I'm kind of... Uh, some days I feel like I don't know if I've done anything worth doing um, because I haven't I, seen. I anybody. can relate, and and I yeah. really and and then even when I do have conversations, if it's through a mask, I have a hard time. I've discovered this. We've been meeting outside, and that's what you guys are doing too. I know. Um, yeah. Matter of fact, I had the opportunity on my anniversary not too long ago to to be sitting outside on the lawn at. Uh, Midwest City Community Church and um, and worship yeah, with you guys. Fun. It was really good. Uh, I wish I could have paid a little bit more attention, but I was more I was trying to make sure that my team had everything together because they were trying to do a live feed and uh, <laughs> it was sort of a you know that's always fun. It is, isn't it? It is. when you're not there. Yeah, and what I've discovered, yeah. you know, I wish that we could pass off more knowledge and do more training, but it's been very difficult since we don't have a building, so our stuff doesn't say set up. We have to tear it down and put it back up every week, and so, um, yeah. So training somebody on how to use what you've got going, especially when you've been doing it in your living room by yourself for months on end, uh, was difficult. And so I, you know, they had some, they had some concerns, and I had some concerns about, you know, trying to make sure that they had my attention. And so, I would really wish that yeah. I, I could have paid better attention, just to be honest with you. Uh, but I did well, enjoy it. I did enjoy having the opportunity to see my Maggie sing uh, through a Midwest City microphone. Boy, I'll tell you what. She uh, sung has sung the last couple of weeks. And I said one day after she got done, I was like, I don't know how much how that much sound comes out of a body that is that small. <laughs> but she can really belt it she, out. So She has. She's doing great stuff. Man, I, I did not ever remember... And you probably told me, and I'm just really bad about it, that you were on the Jay Leno show. Did we talk about this online yet? <laughs> no, I don't think. For your anniversary? I don't think we have. When, when you got married, your wedding announcement, because your wife's name was Gray and yours is Pig, he thought that was a funny wedding announcement, and Jay Leno read about your wedding online, the Gray Pig wedding. He said, how, how would you he like thought to, that was hysterical. How would you like to go to the Gray Pig wedding? And uh, yeah. <laughs> and then there's this picture of this really young Michael Pig po- pose beside uh, Shelly, who looks exactly like she does today. So, <laughs> isn't that funny how that happens? Yeah, 
Like, I look like I was about 14 when I got married. And I'm like, who's letting this kid get married? Like, why did my parents not stop me? Yeah, and I, I probably weighed 150 pounds tops. I feel you, man. Yeah, it's so so interesting how that happens. Um, and, you know, when my oldest got married, of course, you know, as a dad, I'm like, what's he in such a hurry for? Oh, yeah. And then yeah. he says, yeah, you know, I'm just as old as mom was when she got married. Oh, like, gosh. Yeah. Really didn't feel that way. No, though. no. You it felt feel... a little different when we were on the other end of it. You feel much younger. You feel much younger than I yeah. do. Um, I was, yeah. I was mature for my age. You can't say any, you can't respond to that without saying insulting things to your kid at that moment. Yeah, Whereas, that's right. I was, yeah. But I was mature. Because basically what you're saying Me and is... your mother were so mature. <laughs> <laughs> and then you look at me now and you're like, no, no that's no, not... not true. Not true. That, that wasn't that, the truth. The, so. You know, something interesting about that Jay Leno clip is that uh, I, I know I, I posted it online and maybe I know that's where you Yeah, saw it. I just love that you still have the clip and you can see like the VHS play. So you eventually put it on like I did. some kind of digital I form. I did, I somehow. had to digitize yeah. that because it was on a VHS tape. And what's crazy is that we, um, you know, of course, when it aired, we were on, um, we were on a honeymoon. And so Shelly and I yeah. were on a cross-country trip. We drove across country, um, and we didn't see it. My parents didn't see it. Nobody right. saw it because we didn't send it in. We didn't know that it was going to be on there. Yeah, that's what she Shelly had told us, yeah, that so it was you just, didn't actually put it out there. Yeah, somebody else sent it we in. Didn't, it, so somebody else sent that in. It was actually my mom's boss saw it in yeah. the paper, thought it was funny, so he sent it in. Um Right. And actually worked for the newspaper that it appeared in. So it was it was kind of yeah. the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. That's the name of the... Oh, yeah. yeah. My grandparents got the Avalanche <laughs> Journal all the time, man. I know that paper. So, yeah. Um, it, was, it was just funny that it got sent in. But we didn't record it because we didn't know it was going to be on. So somebody right. else, a friend of ours, had, had recorded. They set their VCR to re- record things. And for those of you who were too young to understand a video cassette they just won't get it yeah Um, you know it's not it wasn't always easy to figure out okay so can i can i record another channel while watching this channel you know and so they got it wrong yeah ended up recording what they were what they were watching or something of that nature they they were trying to record something else so they didn't mean they didn't even mean to record it that's amazing and then and then they mailed it to us uh or no that's not true. They stopped by my mom's house one time and said, "Hey, quit! I know it's coming over That's here." That's awesome. And I thought I'd also bring you this cassette because uh, we accidentally recorded Michael and Shelley on the Jay Leno show. Right? What? Michael and Shelley were on Jay Leno? Yeah. <laughs> so it was just uh, one of those awesome. total comedy of errors, and um, yeah, and it ended up in our hands. And so I, I think it's important to leave that little VHS tag in there. Oh yeah, because it because it's part of the story. But anyway, it just it just dated it like immediately. My mind went back to the time back when you had to sit in front of the TV at a certain time if you really liked the show because you didn't trust that VCR to come on at the right time. You didn't. And and you had to get your rear end in the seat and be ready to go. And people today can't even imagine that because you can binge watch The Office like 15 times, you know, like. You watch all of them at once if you if really you had to. a full yeah. few weeks. My kids are so confused yeah. when Shelly and I say, would you stop talking? I'm trying to watch this show. And they're like, just pause it. 
or just pause or it. if you miss something rewind it and we're like like that's always been a yeah, thing that, I don't think that way yet I just don't it doesn't occur to me that I can do that you know what we sound like right now <laughs> back in my day kids <laughs> I didn't have toys I had to use we my shoes for toys there weren't no Netflix and <laughs> Disney Plus yeah. no yeah, well, it's good to it was good to have you with us that day, and uh, I completely get the idea of the one day you're gone, like things not working. Yeah, and, and this week I was there, but we got down to the countdown, and we got down to like one minute left, and they told me, "Okay, you're at one minute, Nate," because we're always talking to the people that are live, mm-hmm. kind of while we're waiting for the live stream to kick on, and uh, they tell me I've got one minute left. And then everything crashes, oh. so we lose our Facebook feed, uh-huh. we lose um, all of that stuff, so we're basically in the dark to anybody on the web. Yeah. So then Nathan gets it going, and five minutes later, in the middle of singing, it crashes again, so they finally did get the sermon and the last song recorded, but they just recorded it on an iPod and like published it later or something, mm-hmm. or treated the little iPod like it was just the Facebook Live, just like you would your phone, so... We finally got going, but it was one of those days. But it seems like that happens when you're gone. Sure it does. It's like yeah, all of a sudden everything goes crazy. You, so. it, you know, the burden of that stress is an interesting burden. Uh, yeah. That, that I, I oftentimes wonder, Lord, did you really intend for us to bear a, this kind of burden? Because it seems like I... There's a lot of wasted effort. I think my bandwidth yeah. would be greater if I didn't think about those things. Um, yeah. It's, it's, but it's interesting because, uh, you know, I always complain that uh, that, uh, that AT&T's commercial, you may remember this, it said, reach out and touch someone. Yeah, I do remember But I would that. always complain, that's, no, it's not. You're not reaching out and touching anybody. You're not actually with them. There's no, you can't read their face. Right. There's... Their struggle. It's. I don't know that everybody understands how we do this podcast because I live in San Marcos, Texas, and you live in Oklahoma City or Midwest City, Oklahoma. It's basically the and same. And so, um, I don't think that everybody understands that that we, while we can hear each other's voices, we actually decided early on that we were going to set up an a, a alternate screen so that we could FaceTime yeah. at the same time that we we're talking because, right, reacting to people's facial. Uh, you know, response, the, the, uh, and, and, you know, posture and all those things is so important to, to communication that it's, uh, that we felt like we had to do that in order to have a better conversation so we could see each other's. And don't you hate that about masks right now? I do, man. Like you you can't see people's face, their reaction. You can kind of see a smile behind it, Yeah. but you, you really can't. Catch the you know, reaction. I had this. I have seen so many rants about, and from pastors. And I just want to say, please, pastor, we're the worst. Don't, don't go online <laughs> and rant uh, and make yourself seem like an angry, crazy person. That's not the gospel. Um, I know. Just stop it. I, I did a I did a recording from my car today <laughs> for my morning meditations because I got stuck out of my office and so I was like oh I gotta do my morning meditation so here I am in the car and I I prefaced it with hey guys this is not one of those angry pastor in the car rants please please." and like there's this I've seen one 
recently where there's this rant about how how we're all sheep for wearing this for wearing this oh mask and i thought you're sitting in a car that's registered <laughs> you're you drove yes. the speed limit and probably stopped at every government You've... posted sign to that tells yes. you to stop you 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 have a voter registration card you you pay your taxes right. you have insurance yeah. on the car well, we hope you, so I mean, at least yeah but you're already like why is a mask all of a sudden the line where we draw and say nope you wear a mask you're a sheep before that everything That's else was it. okay but the it's the mask that broke the camel's face or something yeah. it's, it's that straw that we won't stand yes. for anymore yes. you put a mask on me and i'm done with all That's of it right. like so at what point let, do let's you, just start speeding yeah. let's just run yeah. through stop yeah. signs let's do it there's no point me and yeah. you just we'll start something new right like i mean the this mask and, is and the here's downfall even the greater, of society but it's not it's not. Even the greater thing is wait, let's let's remember the gospel. Oh wait, there are no rights given to you in the gospel. There are no rights. You give up your rights. That's right. You lay you down surrender. your life. Right. My life oh, is not my wait. own. My life is not my own. But all of a sudden, I'm trying to reclaim it because the guy at Dunkin' Donuts got mad at me and told me to wear a mask. Like what? Oh my goodness. That poor kid has Ooh. a boss that told him to make everybody wear a mask, so he's doing his job. Yeah. And you're trying to, I just don't understand why we gotta rant about all those things. Let, Here I am ranting about two. the ranting though. So you know <laughs> Philippians two, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But humbled himself to death. Took on the... Even death on a cross. Like the one I who can has just see all Jesus. the authority. I will die for your sins, but I will not wear a mask while doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is like you put that mask on me and that's the that's end it. of it all now people can't see my nostrils and my mouth so it's over they can't communicate with me anymore and it's all nullified and void that's not true uh, but I, I do know what you mean because one of the most demoralizing experiences in life tends to be the renewal of a driver's license for me yeah like when it's time to go to the to the DMV to the to the DPS office and and get uh, for, there's there's such a long line there's such a hey can i i have no idea where you're going with this and i'm loving it i'm just ready <laughs> like i'm like how do we get from jesus on the cross with a mask to the dmv like in one sentence but go ahead i'm ready i'm, I'm listening <laughs> we're having way too much fun today I don't, I don't know that i'm going anywhere with it but anyway we'll see we'll <laughs> okay, find that's out that's great <laughs> We'll find out. Just wait and see, Nate. But it's so demoralizing, right? Like, just because you know, nobody wants to be there. Nobody is like, I'm so excited. Even the kid who's taking his driver's license test for the first time is so nervous, he can't hardly stand it. And yeah. and everybody, you know, when you go to a place where they deal with a certain set of vernacular on a daily basis, they have these forms that they have memorized, and then they get they roll their eyes at you because you don't know how to fill out the form or answer the questions because it's not in your normal vernacular. It's because you don't do this every day. Because it's not day. an everyday thing for me. You know, it's <laughs> like if if the nurse rolled her eyes at you, you would be like, "No, you don't get to roll your eyes at me because I don't know all of these words that you're using." But at the DMV, it's like that. But you're afraid that they might take it out on you and you won't get your license, and then it'll be a problem. Exactly. So you got you're trying to be nice to this person who has you got to play the no game. reason to be nice to you at all. Right, and so you go in there and deals with a bunch of idiots every day, yes. just like oh, you. just like me, who have no idea what they're doing because they don't do this every day. 
And like I had to go and today and today was my, you know, it's like several, it's a month after, more than a month after my birthday because I had to make an appointment because it expired on my birthday. And so I had Got to make you. an appointment, but I didn't have an, they didn't have an opening until now. Which is crazy, right? Because that so they so right. that means they are busy, busy, busy all day. They've got a line all day long, every day, of people spaced six foot apart wearing masks in a government building with plexiglass everywhere to to yeah. guard everybody. I love it. It's now it's like a plexiglass maze when you go through. <laughs> I was noticing it that it really is. I've, we are really the rats in the cage. We're just like moving around. <laughs> Everywhere. It's true, man. Give me some cheese, please. It feel from yes. Like I, what's a top down view of Walmart or Lowe's or the grocery store? What do they look like from a top down view? Bunch of little Yeah. You know, movement in, in these tiny spaces. So anyway, I, it was I would just want to say it was all you can see now is the eye rolling. Like you can't yeah. you get no other social cues except for the eyes. And it's really hard to look at eyes that are looking at you like, you moron. Like, how did you not know that you were supposed to fill out a Form 27A, but you were supposed to do it with an Amendment 16B, and, and don't answer question number five like this, not like this. Can you initial it here for me? Because you did that wrong. What? I, I, those words don't yeah. mean anything to me. So anyway, it was just such a, like I walked out of there going, oh, I'm, and it was efficient. Like it worked as smooth as it's ever worked, but it was still just very like, oh Lord have mercy. This is that poor guy. He has to come here every day and that's his job. Like, can I just say though, that after being married for 25 years and being a smart aleck, I'm really good with the eye rolls. (laughs) I'm okay with it. (laughs) I, that's, that's a constant language between me and my wife. You can tolerate it so well. He tolerated it so well. Because I create a lot of eye rolls on Paula's part. <laughs> She's like, seriously? Let me. So, funny story. I'm not going to tell the whole story because okay. I'll get in trouble again. <laughs> Sunday, I preached about loving your family. Like, all love starts at right, home right. and to your neighbor and eventually to your enemies. That was kind of the whole gist of the sermon. Right. I, I ticked Paula off by the halfway through lunch that, that day. That was good. Right? You know, you get up and you <laughs> preach about loving your family, and you have been an idiot by halfway through Halfway lunch. through. You don't even make it to the rest of the day before no, you, you've... I didn't even get past lunch. Before you can't practice what you've preached. Can I just tell you something? Yeah. In those moments, I'm very thankful for the grace of Amen. God. Amen. <laughs> because I think if I were trying to do this on my own... Mm. All I would ever do is fail. Sure. I think uh, Casting so, Crowns actually wrote a song about that called From the Altar to the Door. Um, yeah. And, and how quickly we stand up from an altar of prayer and, and we can't even make it to the door before we're passing judgment again. Or we're... Yeah. yeah. Which, speaking of passing judgment, do you catch yourself when you see somebody who is wearing the mask incorrectly, not wearing the mask... 
uh, I, I find it interesting that that it doesn't matter. We don't need any help. It, regardless of how I feel, if I walk into a place and everybody's wearing a mask or somebody is by themselves in a car and they're wearing a mask, if I thought they were supposed to be wearing masks in public, but I see them wearing a, a mask in their car, I'm going to judge them for wearing a mask while they're all by themselves. And if I'm, and if I'm think that, you know, masks are stupid, and then I walk around, but I see somebody who's got it, and they're not wearing it correctly, or it's hanging off of ear. I'm going to judge them. It doesn't matter where you stand on any of these issues. Given the opportunity to judge another person, we will judge another person. And I catch myself going, walking through the store, going, um, I have to wear my mask, so you have to wear yours correctly. <laughs> like, it's just... yeah. Well, we've decided in our family that. We would rather, and I'm not really saying don't wear a mask because I think it does help, but we would rather you not wear a mask than wear it incorrectly. Yes. Like, like yes. at some point, like, the, the the holes in your nose and your mouth are the whole point. Whole, you know, you got to cover like, them both. All three holes yeah. need to be covered. But then I also heard that you catch things from your eyes. So this is why, um, you know, we don't cover our eyes. Mm-hmm. With masks, some people have the face shields, but but this is why I, I I was on a call this week and they the doctor who had no political agenda, which I appreciated, just said, "Don't think it's protecting you from other people; it's protecting other people from yes. you from your yeah, spit. That's, that's all it, that's is. What it is. So you got to cover up your nose and your mouth so that you don't breathe or spit on people. Yep. And when you think about it that way, it's a pretty simple, it's a thing. simple thing. Your your act just cares for your neighbor." Yeah. It doesn't even help you. So, no. I mean, it, it might help you a little right. bit, but it's not been proven that it could protect you from their germs. And your eyeballs are open, mm-hmm. so you can still catch it from them. So, it's just an act of loving your neighbor. Just uh, not not trying to push anything it is. necessarily. And at best, for... it's a mitigation anyway. It's not a, it's yeah. not a foolproof stop. It's mitigating a yeah. problem. And and not spraying aerosol virus con- you right. know, into the... But, but it has created a whole new set. I think, you know, you could do a whole stand-up routine oh, right gosh. now on masks. You could. And talk about, you know, dating dating someone with really bad teeth. <laughs> you, you never oh, know. Jerry Seinfeld. first kiss. Seinfeld. <laughs> the, the Seinfeld episode about masks is, it, we're all, the yeah, world needs to see that episode. We need that. We need to know what Jason Alexander has to say about, <laughs> about yeah, these things. It would be... It would be so funny though. I, I mean, can see so Kramer pulling his mask down. Don't pull your mask down. You know, George yelling. Yeah. At him. Oh, it'd be just great. It'd be great. Yeah, and and them creating some ruse wherein some girl has like a huge mole, <laughs> like right by her cheek. You know, uh-huh. and then uh-huh. he's dating her and he thinks she's really great, and then she takes her mask off for the first time, yeah. and then he can't date there her you anymore because yeah. you know Seinfeld's always too picky he's too picky about, about the girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. that would so. That'd be, that'd be hilarious. I can see it now. Hey, we were going to actually talk about something about church stuff, and now I've totally forgotten. <laughs> I mean, this is all good. This has been... Like I'm having so much fun right now. Well, do you remember what we were going to talk I, I about? I think we were just we we had conversated um, earlier about this, and it has to do with the mask thing. It's about community. How do you engage in community? 
Um, how do we communicate with one another as a group of people? Um, and and the mask is a you know is a difficult thing. It's a it's a hurdle. For oh us, yeah, for we us. were going to talk a little bit about nuance too, right? I, th- I just like that I word think so, nuance because you know it's hard to read a person if you can't see their face, if you can't you know engage all the communication devices that we have available to us. Ideally, it would be nice to um, to have all your five senses engaged in a conversation, right? So that you're right, so that you know you are feeling the same thing that they're feeling. If it's a windy day or a cold day or a hot day, or then it helps perpetuate the conversation. It helps explain, right? I, I'm if I'm with you in a place and we're both miserable because of the heat, and you say something cantankerous, it's easier for me to dismiss that. Uh, as part of the misery experienced by everybody there because it was so hot or, you know, and so uh, there's just so much nuance to conversation. Um, And, and I think that because that nuance, what happens in, in, in the life of the church is the church is supposed to exist via media in the middle, Uh, hold the middle ground, be a bridge, be a connector, not in the polarized wings of things, and, and all of this virus and racial discord and these sort of things are, are uh, such a polarizing conversation. They're, they're polarizing conversations. And so what happens is, is that in polarization, the nuance gets left out. Yeah, well, and in polarization, we begin to say, you're either with us or you're against us, and there is no middle. Like, so, so yeah, so you either completely agree with me about the mask wearing yeah. <laughs> you either like yeah. completely agree with me uh, about how we should handle policing or uh, racial reconciliation. You, you either completely agree with the Democratic platform or the Republican platform. There's no middle ground. And I think that is what has really, uh, more than anything, just forced us into these positions where we judge others, like you said. We're divided. Um, you either if you're not with me completely, you're completely against me. And um, I I think one of the most fascinating things I've ever heard about scripture is scripture starts out that way in the Old Testament. So the Old Testament scripture, for those of, of you who may not know, the way it's in our Christian Bible is not how it was before. So in the Christian Bible, it's law and then wisdom literature. And then prophets, because the prophets point to Jesus, so we Christians rearranged it so the prophets would end and Jesus would come, right? So, I mean, so that we'd read it that way. But the Jewish Bible goes law, prophets, and then wisdom literature. And so I've heard it described, Richard Rohr and others have said, you have to have the black and white at some point. And that's where we're at. We're in the black and white right now with this polarization. You have to have right, you have to have wrong. So that you know the rules. So you know what, what even the ground rules are. Otherwise, you're working with anarchy. So you start, the, the Christian script, or the Jewish scriptures start with, with black and white law, the law, first five books of the Old Testament. They move into like the prophets, which is deconstruction, which is, okay, here's all the rules. Now what's wrong with the rules? Let's, let's pick them apart. And that's what some people are doing right. to everything in culture all the time. Yeah. And, and so that's kind of a second level thinking of it's not just black and white. We understand that. Here's what's wrong with the rules. Here's what's wrong with the laws. 
But the highest level thinking in in Jewish uh, culture is wisdom literature, which says the black is not always completely black. The white is not always completely white. There is nuance. Right. You can actually yeah. hold one side and the other side in tension. Yeah. You know what I've been doing lately is I've been I've been watching very conservative like podcasts, uh-huh. and then I've been watching very liberal podcasts. Uh-huh. And I know, like, it's so funny to watch because you know, like, this is so biased. Like, you know what I'm saying? You can just see the bias sure. implicitly. Sure. But somewhere in between those two comes some actual truth and nuance. It's like I was watching our city had this discussion with the police chief and a, a black leader, church leader who's like 80. So he's seen segregation. He's seen it yeah. all. And he actually... He actually was saying, we're praying for our police. He's a very kind, generous man. And so they had this open dialogue. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Open, open dialogue. dialogue. Yeah. And when they asked the police chief about what defund the police means, he said, well, first of all, here's the deal. We have to take 911 calls. So those aren't going to get defunded. No. So what, what he saw was that... When you defund the police, you actually take away the community programs. They're trying to build relationships with the community right. because that's the 911 is not going to get cut. Because when you call 911, you expect somebody to show up, right? They're not going to be like, mm-hmm. sorry, uh, we don't have budget for this. Uh, they're going to show up. And so so then, you know, and then they let the, the preacher talk, the black preacher. And he was like, but in the midst of this, we don't want any more death in our street. You know, he was like, this is what we need from the police. And so it was actually, okay, so here's a nuanced conversation. Mm -hmm. Like, we're not just going to say all police are bad or, or you're not just going to say, you know, um, everybody who wants equality and justice is, is pushing an agenda or whatever. It, It was just like an open conversation where there could be like nuance about, well, here's how the nuts and bolts of this actually work. And it's not as black and white as you might think it is. And so then to hear this conversation was very, to me, hope-filled because it's like, okay, so here's some people who are saying, we know there's a problem. Now, could we discuss some of the nuance so maybe we could get to the bottom of it? And I don't know that we solved all the problems on that, you know, on that Facebook Live video, but at least there was a conversation which said no. Sure. Happened. And I think that's, I think ultimately that's the conversation Christ wanted us to have uh, when he said things like um, the Sabbath wasn't, man wasn't made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. Right. Right. Like, so Jesus is kind of this taking all of that black and white deconstruction and wisdom and rolling it in, rolling it up and saying, all right, so how does this get lived out practically? How do we. And then, then we have to. Then we get this new idea of the spirit of the law, not the letter of the law, but the spirit of the law, and how to how to walk in that. And uh, and I think sometimes when we polarize, what we what we do is, because then the argument becomes whenever you say, well, I think we need to stand somewhere in the middle and be a bridge. Then you get this statement. Oh, inevitably, you're going to get this statement. Well, you got to stand for something, or you'll fall for anything. Or or you're a fence rider. Man who rides fence gets sore crotch. You know. This is, um, you know, which is, uh, I've heard people use that as a joke and say, Confucius say, uh, man who rides fence gets sore crutch, which is cultural appropriation. But that's, 
beside the point. Um, you know, <laughs> that's a whole that's a whole other thing. conversation. But um, I, I think it's interesting that that people think there's a fence because I think God in His heaven and and dwelling among us in, by His Spirit is saying there's no fence. If there's a fence, you put it up because I didn't build the world of fences. There's no fences. Right. Yeah, that's a really good if point. You, if you yeah. see a fence, guess who put it there? Not me. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know, I mean, think this is how God I always like to. I like to talk about nations as um, the, the lines that we drew on God's creation. Yes. God did not set up borders. <laughs> they, they weren't yeah, there. No, he didn't, he, they weren't he didn't there originally. There. We did that. We did that because we couldn't get along with each other. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. It's it's not about fence riding. It's about being able to say, well, this this side of the argument has some truth in uh-huh. it, and this side of the argument has some truth in it, and sometimes they feel almost opposite. But Jesus does that all the yeah. time. It's like, if you want to find your life, you'll lose it. Wait a second. <laughs> you know, like yeah. those sound like complete opposites. Yeah, yeah. No, that's... But but that's what we would call paradoxical thinking paradox, where you can hold two things in tension that don't seem to go together and realize that both can be true, and yet both have some untruth in them too at some point. Sure. So. Some, they have bias. Yeah. All of our opinions yeah. are going to have bias in them. If we can be honest about our bias, then we can stop criminalizing the other person's bias. Right? And yeah. that's, that's the worst yeah. part of this, is that I... I weaponize my bias against your criminal bias, which that's, it's not true. Yeah. You, you weren't raised like they were raised. You haven't seen what they have seen. And so then, then it makes that whole walk a mile in someone else's shoes, uh, a, you know, more valuable adage to us because we go, okay, so in order to understand nuance, I have to know what it's like to, from your perspective. And in order to do that, I have to stop talking and start listening. And I don't want to listen because I yeah. want to interrupt you at all the points where you are wrong because I'm afraid that if you finish out your argument, you're going to earn more points and you're going to win and I'm going to lose. Right. Well, it's not about winning and losing because there's no fence. Like, yeah. stop it. So so here's a, here's a story that I'm reflecting on a little more lately and that is Jesus dying between the two thieves. And ordinarily, what we what we do with that is we say, yeah. Yeah. well, there's one that's a good thief. But what about the picture of Jesus literally hanging in the balance between what we would consider good and what we would consider evil? Yeah. Like holding it together. Oh, yeah. Like between the two, with his arms stretched out, dying for both of the thieves mm-hmm. and not making the fence. That we yeah. want to make, even in that story, his arms, his arms were outstretched, in that image. Yeah, uh, not not one further than the other, but yeah. both stretched out to their limits. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I yeah, we've been preaching that Colossian series, and I know you are too. And just the idea that Christ reconciled all things all. to Himself, yeah, all, all things, and and we want to say, well, what if they don't accept it? And I'm like. Well, we Nazarenes believe in prevenient yeah, grace, so the Holy Spirit's speaking to them whether they want to accept it or yeah. not. That's so. It's all things. That's grace have yeah. been reconciled. Yeah, prevenient grace. The question is, do you believe it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> prevenient grace, and for me, becomes the answer to a whole lot of questions. You know, like, 
yeah. you can insert provenient grace in there where you say grace that goes before grace that goes before my ability to choose grace that goes before my you know my even awareness of a situation um i i, I saw this thing <laughs> the other day it was a post on facebook it was going around and it just said um it said hell is not filled with people who god has rejected it is filled with people who have rejected God. And I thought to myself, I hope hell's not full. Like, I don't... Yeah. <laughs> like, are we rooting for hell? Like, what are we doing here? This is stupid. <laughs> That's so good. Well, and what if the church became that kind of... Uh, the incarnation of what provenient grace looks like, and we, we reached out to those who who didn't even want us like didn't even oh. agree with us didn't he? you know if we bridged that gap we became that that nuance you know, understood the nuance that just because someone doesn't agree with me doesn't make them a bad yeah. because they're creating the image of god yeah so they're not a bad human being no. yeah no, I, that's, so that's I, something that that's why the church needs to apologize uh to a whole lot of people and say for a long time yeah. we've made you feel like you weren't welcome in the kingdom of heaven and that's not true. You don't have to. You don't have to fit a yeah. mold in order to in order to be welcome here. As a matter of fact, you you can come as you are. You are welcome here, well, and, and you have a home here. And if look you, at Jesus' parables. Yeah. I mean, there's a a banquet, and he goes out and grab the master goes out and grabs anybody he can find because yeah. the invited guests don't show up. Like, I think so for so long, like church and religion has been used to make people feel better about themselves. Yes, absolutely. Instead of spread the and gospel, feel like so they're in control. if I follow the rules, yeah, yeah all I got to do is I got to be this person, this ideal Christian person, and then I can look down on everybody else who's not the ideal Christian person. But if we're all in the same boat, if grace is an ocean, we're all sinking in it. You know that <laughs> that song we used to always yes, sing together yes. back when we were youth pastors. <laughs> uh, that then it just means that everybody's invited and we have no we all want to have some kind of place of superior standing which is why sure. jesus says blessed are the poor or the poor in spirit because once you get past that then you can kind of see the kingdom of heaven yeah because we all want to know where we stand we're all curious about yeah. where we stand and and you know i i remember coaching little league baseball and all these little kids like little kids t-ball still and they're like what's yeah. the score coach I'm like is that going to change is that going to change anything for you? What the score? Like, do you need to know the score? Going to change your effort? Yeah. Are, are you going to work harder if you're behind or not work as hard if you're in front? Like, what? So I think uh, I think motivation, you know, nuance holds a lot of motivation. Because I think sometimes we accuse people of being uh, hateful when, in fact, they may just be a well-intentioned dragon. And, and yeah. accountability becomes this word that seems like judgment when, in fact, accountability is supposed to be a word that is filled with encouragement. I'm going to hold you accountable. Yeah, that's but good. if I am going to hold you accountable, how am I going to do that without helping you accomplish your task? Like, I, Or how am I going to hold that hold you accountable without expecting you to hold me accountable? Yeah, this is partnership. This is, yeah. this is relationship. Yeah. And so we just have such transactional language most of the time that we don't we don't know how to have an uh, a relational attitude towards the other yeah yeah 
Well, and I, I think that's, uh, that's something that we, during this political season, and, you know, we've had these conventions going on. I think that's something that we as the church have to be willing to lead the yeah. way in is, yeah. is just nuance, you know. By the way, if... If you it, believe everything you're being told by either group, yeah. you probably lie yeah. to you. Can, is it, <laughs> would it be okay for me to say, uh, I think that we need to produce posters with the American public, like like Uncle Sam, pointing at the conventions and saying, no, go back and bring us a real ballot. Like, don't... Yeah. <laughs> I completely agree with you <laughs> don't, on that. Don't, uh, you know, yeah. it, it's almost like we're just picking... We're picking the most polarized figures we can find, uh, or the ones that it's about winning. It's not. It's not actually yeah, about it policy. Really is. And the only people in a polarized society, the only people who really, well, not the only people, but the people who get hurt the most. I'll just say it that way. The people who tend to get hurt the most are immigrants and poor people. Um, whenever you deal with a polarized right. society, and so yeah. I, I don't know, I don't know why polarization seems like such a good idea uh, when the when the people that get hurt the, the most are those who have the least resources and the least voice. You know, they they don't get a chance to speak, and so I, I think we we need to be need to be careful um, because sometimes we think that we are uh, we are joining the fight in order to protect the poor when in fact the polarization is only muting the poor uh, more right and so it's yeah. it's a very dangerous uh setting and and it doesn't you know it, it, it tends to need to get worse before we can realize that and that's that's unfortunate i wish we could wake up to the needs of those around yeah us. but anyway yeah i don't know what's going to happen for me in november but I, I can pretty surely guess that it's not going to be just lining up with one of the parties. It might be, you know, creating a slaughtered lamb flag to hang at my house <laughs> for the week or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's probably going to be some declaration of my allegiance that looks nothing like uh, what others would expect. Because I, I, you know, I'm ready for some nuance in the world. I'm ready for us to be able to say... Let's have a real conversation. Sure. Don't tweet it at me. Don't give me memes. Let, let's talk really about the issues. And then let's realize that neither one of us is going to be right. And some of these issues may be unsolvable in the current state of the world. Yeah. All we can do is, is move yeah. forward. We, we may not be able to just fix it. And that's what everybody wants is let's legislate something and fix it. And like you said, that's efficiency yeah. and it doesn't include any intimacy yeah, it doesn't i think uh, if you haven't seen the show superior coffee um i rec i, I recommend it um it deals with some of these issues and it deals with them uh from a standpoint where you know maybe efficiency isn't what we're going for results don't uh don't hang on to uh to tightly to results which is something that uh i think thomas merton i had a quote one time of thomas merton saying to a young disciple a young activist don't hold on too much to results the promise of results because they're going to let you down um in the end it's relationship that matters and uh yeah that's it well and i think I think that the irony of ironies is that the church would want to be on the winning side when when their savior 
to all accounts, looked like he lost. Absolutely. Everything. Absolutely. <laughs> like, got totally annihilated yeah. by the system and killed. Yeah. I think... And yeah. I know he raised to life, but that was through the power of love uh -huh. and the power of mm -hmm. God, not by beating the system. No, I think someone. probably so. the, the best address of that that I've heard is in the Riverside speech by MLK. Um, Martin Luther King Jr. says, you know, he addresses this in, in context of how does the how does the church and how do religious leaders in the U.S. respond to the Vietnam uh, conflict. And um, it's just, it's brilliant. He just does such a f fantastic job of talking about the difference between uh, the way violence handles things and the way peace uh, is brought about in the world and what that requires of the of the faithful person. And I, you know, yeah. worth a listen if you haven't listened to it lately. Yeah, well, I think we've got some good stuff today. I, I, I hope that I'm a person who can hear nuance. That's why I'm trying to listen to both sides of the equation, especially in these days when I'm about to cast a ballot. Um, yeah, well, I commend you because I, 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 I pretty much have stopped listening to everything. So I've done. I've, yeah, I'm, I've become well, an Essene, and now I am wandering in the wilderness. Just, and there are days where I do that <laughs> as well. I can only take so much, but um, but yeah, I think I think nuance is important, and I think um, looking for um, truth and also looking for uh, things that tear down those fences we want to create, and realizing that it's not black and white. That somehow both both things can be true, and we have to hold some things in tension. Um, and love is really when we kind of suspend ourselves in that for the sake of relationship, right? Yes. That's what yeah. love is. So, yeah. yeah. Hey, man, I love you. Appreciate Absolutely. you. Hope love you have you a, a good week, and we'll talk again next week. But thanks for spending some time with me today. Absolutely enjoyed it. Take care. All right, we'll see you. Hey, thanks again for listening to Pontificating Pastors. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor or any one of the other platforms. We hope you have a great week.